A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Yo, 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 this is Richard once again. I'm here with the Blackberry Podcast. Who's on the panel? Israel. And Remy. Tell us more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why these men are laughing. It's <laughs> so weird. Like looking at each other across the room, usually guys. Like Remy, who are you, man? Give us a bit about yourself. New on the uh, podcast and that. I am new on the podcast, yes. Um so my name is Remy. Um I am a secondary school English teacher by day. Um Christian for life. And by night. <laughs> by Just night. Fighting criminals and trying to save Gotham. Yeah, my dreams, because I love to sleep. <laughs> Alright, you man are mad. Anyway. <laughs> uh what's been happening with you man lately? Like what you been up to? Like any big news? How's your week's been? Remy, Izzy. They've been okay. Okay. Um trying to think to what I actually did. There was a lot of, you know, um, doing my own thing, waking up whenever I like, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um Slothfulness, yeah? Hey, hey, come on. I wasn't <laughs> ready. Done. Let me at least put my boxing gloves on. What is that? Round one ding. I mean <laughs> <laughs> But don't worry, be on standby now because I'm coming for you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, Remy, what's going on with you? Um, similar to Israel, apart from the sloppiness, so don't that. try and jab. Um, <laughs> but no, it's nice to have the sort of headspace in the summer holidays, um, trying to keep active, um, mm. ensure, you know, I'm still waking up early. Sun's you out, know. guns out. Sun's out. Uh, well, mm, mm. well, not like you at the moment. The podcast coming for you. <laughs> But um, yeah, just enjoying the time, just seeing people, enjoying family. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Any man reading any interesting books at the moment, by the way? <clears throat> so two books in particular stand out. Um, we- From Weakens to Strength by Scott Souls and The Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd, which are extremely good books. Um, okay. Thoroughly enjoy them. Um, so as a brief summary of, of the of the two books from weakness to strength essentially looks at um what are character characteristics characteristically understood as weaknesses or um struggles in the life of a leader um and how in those in those moments it can actually bring out strength in one so the book is geared primarily towards leadership of, of course when you read it you quickly realize it's applicable to all of life but it it, it looks at those um weaknesses quote looks at um scott souls draws from his life a lot and talking about them and then also a passage wherein it's addressed and how we can draw strength from them so for example things like isolation a leader often feels alone mm. um there's no sort of like accountability or people around or community um things like anti-climax when you reach the top and you realize it's not what yeah. you thought it would be um suffering is another one that was the the last mm. chapter there and just different quote weaknesses that draw out that we can draw strength from um and the voice of the heart by chip dodd is a book that essentially the the, the aim of the book is in the title it tries to provide a heart i'm oh, sorry <laughs> first it. it provides a voice for the heart um so it's dealing with emotions and feelings um and essentially saying given a a language structure given a grammar of vocabulary um a system by mm. which you can voice the emotions of your heart, the feelings, and make sense of them, be able to describe them and communicate them, to understand yourself and to be able to explain and um, share yourself with others. So he he um, names eight core feelings. I haven't quite memorized this. But mm. so, you know, um, I know there's sadness, loneliness, um, fear, gladness, for example. And so he'll go through each one and just sort of talk about what they are what they look like when they become impaired, so when they um, become disordered, mm. and then also what a healthy expression of that emotion can be. 
And one of the things I really liked about it was saying, actually, none of these emotions in and themselves are bad. Um, so you see one emotion that's on the list is anger. It's like anger is not a bad thing. It's a good feeling. We're actually coming on to that, aren't we? We are, we are as well. actually coming Don't on to the show. Just to, just to cut you a little bit. Let, let's because not give too much away exactly, there. Exactly. Don't give away. Don't give away your viewpoint. This is it. Because... Really trying to give away. The I've game read plan. books as well, and well, I want my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been reading Peekaboo with Eden. Um, <laughs> it's a pop-up book. Bare pictures. Um, <laughs> even, even, even has a mirror on the front. Obviously, I've been I, as well as that. I've been reading. Um, recently read through two books: uh, "The Plan of Salvation" by BB Warfield. Uh, mm-hmm. Read that again recently. Uh, heavily academic, but a very wonderful book just for understanding how how to break down salvation generally. And also, I've been reading. Um, Jonathan Edwards, The End for Which uh, the World Made. It's a book that mm. essentially Piper has has a book uh, and, and it's got two books in it. And the, the first book is by him. The second book is by Jonathan Edwards. So I've read through the Jonathan Edwards book and that was heavily academic, philosophical at first. But then the second section in particular is, but you kind of need to understand the first section to, to understand a little bit of like the philosophy behind it. But then mm. when you get to the second section, you just understand how biblical this man actually is. Like there's not a single point he's trying to, derive from just mere philosophy uninformed but recognizing that he wants to philosophize almost to the glory of god if that makes sense mm. and it and, it and it really is a book that just tends to the glory of god from him through him and to him all things and yeah man it's just been a beautiful read man it's been a beautiful read man Remy, mm-hmm. what about what about you bro um so i've recently started reading a grief observed by mm. c.s lewis um in light of the recent passing of my father um, so that was given to me by a sister at church. Thank you, Nikki. And um, I'm just Them a few, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I think I'm a few pages in and something that strikes me is just how much C.S. Lewis is able to get across um, that grief is an interesting sort of emotion. And he, one part that um, really struck me was that he said that if you seek comfort, for the sake of seeking comfort, you know, the end of that will actually be further pain. But if you seek truth, um, with that comes comfort and further benefits as well. Um, so that's been particularly helpful. Does, does C.S. Lewis kind of almost say there's times where it's right to grieve or does he completely try and deny it? Because I, I know that some Christians would probably say, you know, it's my lot to be happy, da 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 um, you know, and, and and I guess I appreciate what they're trying to say. Yeah, you know, just speak positive, all that kind of stuff. But mm. I appreciate at the same time the scripture talks about a time to weep and that kind of stuff. So oh, for sure. Um, you know, scriptures are not aloof to the fact that you know there will be sorrows in this life. You know, where to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So you know, mm. Paul was acutely aware of the fact that you know there is going to come such times. And yeah, C.S. Lewis he wrote this on the passing of his wife um, in 1960. And so in him writing, he's actually just penning down his emotions and especially just that sort of um, straight betwixt between being, you know, to self-piteous, but then also actually trying to rejoice in the Lord, um, Mm. which, you know, I've experienced myself, um, you know, going through this time. And again, grief is never just sort of a, the boundary, the funeral's passed, this is it, you know, is continuing life thereafter so mm. no, thank no, god. I, yeah. I hear that man i hear that and we thank god that you know that he's keeping you especially i haven't lost your lost your dad as well man that's mm. a it's a blessing to see that you're able to to be an encouragement in in the midst of that kind of in, in the midst of that kind of pain and grief as you just mentioned um on a side note i guess just just going into to the podcast topic really um breaking off of israel's view of uh well books for example on the heart um my recognition on uh, my books re- relating to the glory of God and and, Christ- and the Christian and and Remy's even just dealing with the emotions and of grief etc. I I guess the emotion we're really trying to look at today, first and foremost, is just that 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 idea of anger and aggression. And I guess this this kind of came out of conversation between me and Israel. We we're talking about um the boxing match, and I was just I was just talking to him about um Joseph Parker versus Dylan White and and what was happening there. And we just kind of you know discussed like I guess it came it came to mind like is anger actually or, or is aggression anger are they one of the same thing too is it is it fine for the christian to be to show aggression or to be angry mm-hmm. just because like in the midst of sport is it is it wrong for a christian to be angry you know yeah so there were 
I mean, because obviously boxing is a very, I mean, I feel like it's increasingly becoming more and more of a, quote, uh, controversial topic. Um, mm. And obviously, it, it conveys a lot of um, hitting. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> wow, I'm a boxer, in it, mean, so I'm not even trying to, I'm not even trying, I enjoy boxing, I enjoy the sport, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful sport, so obviously you can already tell what side I'm falling on, but like, so listen, control your answer in it. <laughs> that was one direct indirect. Cool. Straight shooter. Uh, honestly. Um, yeah, so it really, it really did get us thinking about just what, what, it, what does it look like? Um, what does aggression look like in sports? And then obviously more broadly speaking, what does aggression look like? In life, is there a place for aggression? Um, and these are some of my initial thoughts. I mean, my my when 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 that question first came to my mind, is aggression ever right? I thought, you know, especially coming off the back of reading um, the Voice of the Heart, um, that aggression is right in that it tells us what we're passionate about. Um, that aggression, actually, at its core, what it what it is saying, what we feel it is that we care deeply about something that we are caring creatures and we feel the aggression because something we care about has gone wrong or um, someone we care about, um, something has happened to them that we feel is an act of injustice or what, or just, um, you know, we can think of multiple examples where we see aggression and we realize actually at its core what it's pointing to um, is our innate care for for something and actually it makes a lot of sense when we think about the fact that we are made in the image of god as humans we see that part of what that means is that we reflect the character of god and so just as um we read in the in the old testament that god cares for um the most vulnerable he cares for the widow for the orphan for the stranger and so he becomes angry at oppressors the same way mm. um, we can we can we can literally look at that and say this is imaged in humanity, right? That when we care for something, one of our responses is going to be aggression to when we see that thing that we care about or that person we care about wrong. Mm. Israel came with that proper that proper answer. <laughs> yeah. So what you're trying to say is boxing's he fine. Enjoyed yeah? his reading. Whoa. <laughs> that was. Ellie, smile on my face. <laughs> I, you know what? He, Richard is coming with a lot of like bias. Is the nice word for it? Mm. I, I am coming from a place of complete neutrality because I don't. I, I have not really ever thought about boxing like that. You, in my you don't life. know my life. You don't know what I've been through. You <laughs> don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. Obviously, I, I Rambo. Let's get let's let's get your views first. Let me before I jump in as well, man. Um, in tandem with what Israel has said, but recognizing that anger and love are close in relationship. Um, what I would say though is that when we're thinking about God's anger and we recognize that God is righteous, so anger is ultimately a byproduct, um, from God's love. So, as Israel said, if we're dealing with, you know, for example, um, Israel as being you know God's elect and so forth and we see that God's anger comes from the injustice and so forth so what that sort of looks like in our lives is whereby that anger is it leads us to those redemptive acts so that anger like you know further mm-hmm. spurs us on to you know fulfilling our place as image bearers and so forth but I think there is that anger where we can recognize is really to do with what we love but we have to recognize as being the creatures that we are we don't necessarily love you know by nature we don't necessarily love those things which are holy and good mm. so when it comes to us being angry there's always got to be that sort of reflection so am i really angry because this has actually you know marred the holiness of god in some form mm. or is it actually because my pride has been hit mm. and so on so, 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 so do you man think that anger then is a intrinsically, in and of itself, yes, no? Do you man think anger is good? Is a good thing? Is anger a good emotion? In and of itself, yes. I, 
Um, I said one word, B. I said one word. Remember me. Is it good? Is it good? I can see this man. This is not fair. You need to qualify. qualify You can't just qualify after. But I'm asking a simple question. Is anger good? Yes. Ooh. See what I'm saying? So listen. (laughs) Anger is a good thing. Aggression is a good thing. Thing. I'm okay, no. Now I know no, where he's no. going with this. <laughs> I'm just asking because essentially, yeah, listen. Obviously, in my, view, Bias. my worldview, yeah, listen, my worldview, listen. You might need to get We're listening. To I'm not trying to speak out. I'm speaking biblical principle. If aggression, anger, happiness, sadness, grief, all these things are God given emotions, right? And so. There's wrong times to be happy. There are mm-hmm. right times to be angry. There are wrong times to to be, you know, to be rejoicing in something. And there's and there's and there's right times to to grieve. Do you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. the same way that there are wrong times to grieve and there are right times to rejoice. It's 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 an appreciation of the fact that God has made the whole man, and yeah. his emotions are every single type of expression of emotion is one reflective of 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 god to an extent mind you god himself has it demonstrates grief you know don't grieve the holy spirit god demonstrates wrath when it comes to sin you know god demonstrates love and sending his son god demonstrates all these kind of things you know so so these aren't it's not it's not it's it's not a bad thing therefore in and of itself to be angry it's a it's a good thing god saw humanity and said it's good i appreciate though we can exercise said anger in a ungodly way and i guess yeah. that's what the heart of the question is what i'm asking for example is boxing uh and so and so we're talking about boxing obviously as a as a as a as a as a way for us to enter into this conversation but you know is sport is boxing a a rightful manifestation of said anger i'm i'm, I'm i remember joseph parker dylan white after the fight you know where they expressed anger aggression etc etc after the fight the way they spoke to one another was with such respect you know and 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 genuinely like care for one another and, and 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 praising one another you could tell it wasn't anger in the sense of um i sought to kill this person but more mm. just you know aggression in the sense of you know Adrenaline. part of the art of the sport is to um is to be aggressive in the same way by the way there's aggression in football it's a contact sport there's aggression in basketball there's aggression in rugby there's aggression in all these athletics other sports. don't you know athletics out now you know even athletics <laughs> see them 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 athletes <laughs> teachers um <laughs> athletic teachers <laughs> running after kids so <laughs> down a corridor <laughs> but uh, yeah 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 even athletics there's there's a level of aggression in each mm. of these things that i'm asking you know is it is it is it does it therefore have a place in sport and is there a limit like you know ufc me i can't go there but but you know what i mean like i appreciate i appreciate i might even be wrong in saying that it's that i i couldn't i don't appreciate the aggression in a ufc for example or an mma two things um i was actually thinking so first thing is regards um regarding the question specifically about boxing as a sport i was actually thinking about it as we we were talking and i and i part of me thinks um 80 percent of me thinks um that boxing in the act of boxing there's actually such a specific it's a very technical sport Mm. and so there's a huge amount of discipline that's been exercised consistently throughout the the game match Match, 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 fight, bro, fight. The fight. And by the way, and I'm even here way, saying match. Don't forget, it's yeah, a boxing match. Don't forget when Paul speaks before you go because you know I'm sh- I'm shook because where we're gonna end up. So I have to I have to give more defense. You know, remember Paul? Remember Paul in that in that in that blessed chapter in Corinthians where he says, you know, Which I chapter? don't buff it. The bo- you know he talks about buffeting the body. Like I, I don't I don't punch the air, but I punch my target. You know, I essentially the the Greek term. It's speaking about knocking somebody to their blue in the face is is really the kind of is the kind of language that's captured there, and and so when we're talking about the kind of and that's the kind of analogy Paul uses when speaking about how the Christians to discipline himself is Paul appealing is appealing to the boxer in the same way that he could appeal to a thief or to some kind of sinner like, like, to some kind of to some kind of sinful activity in and of itself. Come on, Israel, help me out here. <sighs> I'm just the onlooker. Just ah. a moment in time. First of all. I feel like boxing matches, right? But it is a fight, basically. Um, 
<laughs> you can't just throw in first Corinthians like that. But we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, um, what was my initial point? Because you can't. Oh. You were talking about. So yeah, yes, because it's, it's discipline. So here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was thinking as as I, as we were speaking about anger, aggression as 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 feelings, emotions, and just broadly what it is for humans to experience emotions. I was thinking. Now, when when if I'm a boxer, when someone you know gives me that uppercut, do I think or feel that isn't right for them to do? So, okay, in two two scenarios, someone punches me in a boxing match, another person punches me randomly in the street as I'm going home. I might feel anger in both cases, but I, f- I almost want to say there's a there's a difference in the in the anger. Right, one of them is justified, like a justified anger, almost. Yeah. So yeah. the the, the boxing, the the boxing encounters almost me say they punch me. You know, I'm calculating. They shouldn't have done that. You know, now I need to like reposition myself. All these kinds of things. But I'm not necessarily thinking that's wrong for them to do that. I have dignity. They shouldn't just do something like that to me. I have actively, willingly consented to actually be involved in this. And so, although I might express aggression physically in physical terms i was just thinking is that is does that is that paralleled in the emotional state of the boxer i i I think i think i think i see where you're going and i'm 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 with you izzy i'm with you like (laughs) yeah and i think (laughs) no no, i i I appreciate what you're saying go on on. yeah i think just to add to that um it's just touched on something it's just that when you think of a boxing match or even I don't know why a lumberjack has just come to mind you know a man using an axe to chop wood there's a certain level of aggression that he is mm. going to need in that act in order to produce that wood but nonetheless that act in and of itself you know is not solely focused on being an aggressive act it's actually coming secondary to a skill to an art and so on and you can apply that to various i think of mm. my athletics days where you're racing and you're thinking of your competitors yeah, and you athletics. do run in an aggressive manner in order to run fast so i love that i a, a physical aggression used as a servant to the display of a skill or discipline wow damn you're not an english teacher though yeah you're really not and i, and I love how you you ad-libbed with the word uh, uh, an abbreviated word for damnation Allow me. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> sorry. I just humble you a bit. Just a little, just a little bit. I'm so sorry. No, I, think, no I, I appreciate that. And I think the point you move from seeking to exemplify a skill um, and demonstrate a form of discipline, etc., we say at that point it's quite problematic. Yeah, because even today I was watching the Anthony Joshua documentary and I think even though you can't always see it clearly but i could definitely see in some of those matches where you could see that okay the focus is on the skill so on and so forth Mm. but then you do have those parts it may be just after the match or when the match is about to end and you know there may be one guy who's on the ropes now you can almost see it moving into like a different dimension yeah and moving into a different type of anger Mm. richard being the boxing professional might say yay nay yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with you. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. You can. The moment you lack, obviously, if you lack discipline in a boxing match and you start becoming reckless, throwing wild punches, that's frowned upon even within the sport. Do you know what I mean? You need to show a, an a, an extreme level of self control, discipline, even in the midst of pain. And that's you know that's a be- that's a it's a beautiful thing. I've never I never gained as much appreciation for boxing um as i could have until i actually started doing it mm. you know and once you start doing it you recognize the level of work the level of discipline how hard it actually is to continue to throw what is really a mini weight on top of your hands repeatedly non-stop and throw hundreds like literally hundreds of punches within mm. a matter of minutes Do you know what i mean like it's literally tiring it's a very tiring thing and so people aren't trying to throw reckless people are trying to snap their hands back quickly people aren't trying to throw a wide punch they're trying to you know come back to cover their face they're trying to think about how do i cover my body cover my face slip punches get in if, he, if he's got a longer reach than me how do i how do i do, what kind of tactic am i going to need to display if i have a longer reach than him how do i keep him out and and maybe win on points or do i have enough power to take him out or his do you know what i mean what's his ko record like everything is everything is really calculated and it's a He's really getting into this, guys. As he can hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to. I have to. It's re- it really is a calculated sport. So I, th- I think it's quite a, a beautiful one. I appreciate we've 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 covered multiple questions. You know, like aggression obviously is it is right at times if it is intrinsically a good thing. But as sinners, we naturally um, take it to the other extreme, and 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 the effects mm. of the fall. We 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 it's, it's marred. It's marred our you know our remarkable day. 
Uh, yeah, actually, that reminded me of the the second point I wanted to say, in 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 um sort of like following from what Remy said and what you just said, in that um it reminded me of <clears throat> a quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who um was a R- Russian novelist. Sorry, I just have to stop you. Listen, yeah, Israel, you might not know, yeah, but Israel is not understand. Israel is You're not, not even the like English teacher looking. Like, Remy's an English teacher, yeah. Is, I don't Rem, know who English, this guy is. Israel's not even, like, <laughs> listen, I struggle with English, yeah. Listen, Remy, Israel is not even, he's not even looking at a phone or nothing, or he's not getting, he even, Honestly. I don't even know where he got that name from, let alone the quote. Listen, it's a big, this boy is a big boy, you know. I'm just, <laughs> so, yeah, he was mini rocking as soon as I said. Yeah, we see. I was not mini, I'm joking. I, I confess. Um, so he 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 writes um that um we would like the line that separates good and evil good and bad to be vertical such that we can say some people are good some people are bad but rather the line separating good and evil is horizontal it cuts through the heart of every human being and so and i mean it's phrased a lot better than that (laughs) i'm paraphrasing um but it's just one of those striking quotes that really hits at the heart of the 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 tension in the human heart that there is goodness there and we're made in the image of god and we can see feelings emotions displayed rightly um as they were meant to be um but then there's also this bad evil that's still present in the heart that takes things and um, augustine for example calls it disordered loves it takes things that should when loved rightly display goodness as God created, but we disorder it, we redirect it, we take it in a different direction as it was in meant to be. affections. Yeah, and, and, and all of those two things exist in every human heart, um, and they exist in tension consistently. Yeah, I think this is, I think that's kind of the, it's, it's a beautiful thing to kind of get your head around because it really does change your worldview. I remember um, reading Creation Regained as well, and just that, just that whole kind of, that's constantly mm. kind of the theme of the whole book, just how you know, we try and make the sacred secular divide. We try and deem some things as holy, some things as evil. So we would, in this kind of conversation, it would have been happiness is good, um, you know, and sadness is evil. But sometimes it's right to be, it's not right to be happy. For example, if somebody dies, it's not a good thing to to be happy over that, you know. Um, and like what death, death, death is the result of sin and death therefore has a sting. You know, we thank God that for the believer, that sting is, that sting is, is uh is removed in 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 christ but it still doesn't stop a a jesus for weeping at the the death of lazarus for example and at the same time therefore sadness is not always a bad thing you know um and 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 even just like going back to the example previously a lumberjack can swing an axe in order to cut down a tree which is which is i mean it could be a good thing at the same time a lumberjack somebody can swing use the same swinging motion with a same with another sharp weapon and ultimately do i mean result kill murder somebody mm, and, exactly. and 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 therefore it doesn't the the swinging motion the the holding of something sharp all that kind of stuff in and of itself is not a good or bad act but the you know it's good in the sense that god has given you the ability to to, to move your body and do all these various kind of things but we as sinners naturally tarnish those things and and and, and that's just something to be appreciated and i guess just like transitioning out of that then um even into uh, so not just emotions but how those emotions are manifest in terms of relationships as well so mm. in terms of like friendships you know we have a few questions just relating to that especially because it was international friendship day uh today today we're, we're releasing yeah. this podcast you know on 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 a wednesday but we but we're recording this on monday so it's international friendship day today is the 30th of july um and and apparently like <laughs> Israel wrote some stuff. Let me just read it. The International Day of Friendship is, is a UN, so it's a United Nations day that promotes the role of friendship, plays, um, that the, it promotes the role that friendship plays in promoting peace in many cultures, and it's observed uh, on the 30th of July each year. So, appreciating that friendships naturally are heavily based upon emotions in and of themselves, you know, like, what do you guys think in terms of how? the role of friendships are friendships intrinsically a good thing you know what kind of role do they play in society um you know have they have they helped promote peace as 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 the united nations i'm assuming have uh have assumed in in in, in friendship like what do you guys think when i saw um the un sort of like mini uh, 
explanation for why they consider friendship important and seeing it as um seeing it as a fundamental um seeing it as having a fundamental role in the promotion of peace in the world two things instantly came to mind the first one was um a post i saw by a friend on facebook i don't remember who um where they basically was it was an explanation of i think i think this week either to either the 30th or the 31st of july um 1980 something or 1960 something anyway this is really fuzzy memory um franklin made his first appearance on the comic strip peanuts um which and this and this this occurred a couple years after mlk um jr's death and franklin was a black boy and the comic strip previously had been exclusively white this is this is in america let me provide some context peanuts for those who i watched the tv show i don't know how many people no i've never seen it be never seen it charlie peanuts I told you I've never seen it, and a man throws out a random word, Charlie, and thinks that will help me. Charlie and his dog? No, okay, no, no. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> where was I? So it's a, it's a, it started off as a comic strip in in the states. It developed its own TV program, which is what I watched, which was a bit later. But in a comic strip, um, Franklin was a black boy. He made his first appearance, um, in a comic strip, and it caused a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, a lot of problems essentially in the states, especially in the south. That was still wanted to. A lot of people still wanted to maintain segregation as far as possible, and saying you shouldn't bring a black boy into this comic strip. You know, if you do that, we're gonna cut your strip out of our newspaper. We're gonna do this and that, and you know, the um, comic um, strip writer persevering and being consistent and saying, no, actually, he's gonna stay. And Franklin and Charlie develop a friendship, and that friendship was a symbol of how, um, of what you know a lot of americans and what we even today you know you what the world envisions as a means of breaking down hostility um between mm-hmm. groups um the second thing that came to mind in terms of friendship promoting peace in the world was the movie um the boy with striped pajamas oh, i've read that oh my 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 very moving um we had to watch it in school when we were learning about nazi germany and um in history at, at school um secondary school and the movie yeah you know a boy and his family move um to another part of germany his dad is working in the concentration camp he's not he hasn't been told anything about this he's, he's only eight years old he wanders around through the forest and he discovers a concentration camp and he sees a boy and he he is so oblivious he thinks oh these are farmers they they are wear they wear pajamas all the time um this is prison clothing it's not even you know but he's 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 sort of like romanticized the whole thing because he just has no categories. He builds a friendship with this boy who's a Jewish boy, um, <clears throat> and he's initially he's oblivious to what's going on. But obviously, slowly, slowly, he realizes, hold on, this isn't right. There's something deeply wrong with this. My parents are trying to hide something here. My people are telling me these people aren't really people. Um, and the sh- not the show. The movie ends with him essentially saying, you know, I'm going to fight for you, I'm going to fight for your corner. This is the German boy speaking to Dujia, I'm going to fight for you. Because of the friendship, he actually digs a hole into the concentration camp and walks into the gas chamber with his Jewish friend. And the the, the movie ends with um, the mum crying because he realises that the son has died, um, that he was in the, in, in the chamber. The dad trying to um, get him out, but, you know, and it, you see all these Germans running to try and save the the um the german boy but you realize what came what i what i was left with was essentially this they were trying to save one of their own um because they didn't want to see one of their own die but as a matter of fact one of their own had been dying for so long that the line they had created this artificial line between germans and jews um good and bad but that that line never existed to begin with um and it really just showed how friendship triggered the promotion of peace i i, I guess do you know what's really interesting because i i've seen that film i was actually sitting there thinking in my head what films have i seen you know avengers um black panther um <laughs> i'm just sitting there thinking like oh, be, is what's coming up with all this stuff <laughs> but but i've actually seen that film um but yeah rems what do you think in terms of the promotion of yeah. peace element do you think it generally has promoted peace in our kind of culture in our kind of day and age i think 
I think it definitely has. Um, if we just even go back to Genesis, and I'm just always reminded that, you know, God's first malediction was that it's not good for man to be alone. Mm. You know, we're talking about the creation of the world. That was the first thing that God had to say was wrong with the world. And though that be in the marriage context for Adam, but nonetheless, you know, as humans, we are interdependent creatures. And mm. there are many a scripture, which I'm sure my brothers will help me with that, you know, point to that. I think of Amos, you know, talking about, you know, when two walk, you know, how can two walk if they're not agreed and so on. And um, I think in terms of our culture as well, I mean, we're living in a day and age where I believe tolerance and in terms of, you know, diversity and just actually being able to embrace the struggles mm. of other groups. Um, yeah. Just the other day, um, I was on my Google page and um, there was a young woman in America. Unfortunately, I cannot remember her name. I think it's Nia yeah. and um, Anne Hathaway, who is a famous white actress. Yeah, um, yeah. She posted a picture of this young woman and she basically, you know, said in her post that, you know, um, white Americans who are privileged, such as herself, need to recognize that this is happening. And, you know, they cannot turn a blind eye to such. Mm -hmm. And of course, social media has been such a, you know, powerful part of being able to, you know, to build these friendships and to yeah. create the empathy. And um, I just think, you know, for her to post something like that, um, I think with just everything that's going on in our world, especially in America and so on, I think, you know, friendships and just being able to actually want to go into these people groups and not just for the sake of, oh, just the knowledge, but actually entering into them and understanding those mm -hmm. struggles. I think, yeah, it's definitely played mm. vital part. I, I th and I think, is playing a vital part. You know, I, I, I was, was going to say, I think, I think you might have given, you know, solid answers. And I, I guess I want to, I just want to flip it. I want to give the, I just want to give the other side. I guess, is it is it not possible that some friendships are toxic? I I I, I love that word because I know that I have a friend who told me about, um, you know, some friendships they've developed, they realize they're toxic. Da, 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 this, that, the other. Mm. And I, I love it when I love it when people say that word. It's just such a funny word. What well, toxic? Toxic. Um but no, yeah, yeah. People mm. like so so do you think that some friendships can be toxic? Do you think some friendships can actually be detrimental, you know, to society? Most definitely. In, and and if so, what constitutes a detrimental friendship? Like what, what makes a friendship a bad friendship? Wow. <laughs> Um, can friendships be toxic? I, yeah, yeah. I think oh, now the harder question is what makes them toxic. Um, I think if we if we go to, go go all the way down to first principles and we think of um the goal of friendships, um, then I think that will help. One of the things friendships do is um then there's a myriad of things i'm just naming one here but i think that's provide um as one inner friendship you provide the other with um, resources space and um insight to actually grow and flourish so what that means is that in the context of a friendship what you consistently see is the maturing development the healthy development of the other um and so one of the questions that you can ask is if if if, if you think of a friendship is toxic is am i actually deteriorating as opposed to flourishing or am i am i um what's what's what happens when the plant is withering oh, wow am i withering away rather than um blossoming yeah 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 and and out of curiosity is the fact that I'm withering, does that mean it's a bad friendship or does it depend on whether somebody is seeking to withhold um, the things that I need to grow? Does that make sense? So, for example, there might be that I, mm. me and you have a good relate, me and you have a relationship and there's times when things are, because um, so, I'm assuming, by the way, that we should cut off toxic friendships. I'm assuming that's what we're, that's what we're trying to say or that we should 
at least distance ourselves or, or control start to think about moderating our toxic toxic friendship so because because if that's the case then if a person at a, at a, for a period at a period isn't being the best of friend to, towards me or, or a person at for a period um because friends have hard times if a person for a period is angry with me in for maybe something that's unjust something that they actually did wrong on their part and they've been angry with me for it or they withheld forgiveness or anything like that or something along those kind of lines in that sense for a period it's with the plant is withering right in this kind of metaphor so is it the fact that they seek to perpetually hold back um goodness you know truth all those kind of things from me or an encouragement for me or is it the fact that um there are there there's a there's a there's a desire intrinsically within them that generally means the trajectory of our friendship is one whereby I'm I'm growing. If that makes sense, do you get what I'm trying to say? Can you rephrase that? So mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm saying, so for example, me and you have a friendship, yeah, yeah, and and we and we and we we're good friends, yeah. But <laughs> Israel, there are periods where you stole in my books, just like that. This is hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say never this, happen in real life surely so let's say let's say there's let's say one hypothetical version of israel steals my book a book from one of my from my shelf that's in front of us yeah and has a couple of them at his house right now so this hypothetical again just reassuring everybody this is hypothetical i did, I did notice a few gaps to be fair <laughs> yeah, hypothetical gaps so, <laughs> so mind the gap mind the gap <laughs> so in those kind of situations, yeah, where you're stealing my God-glorifying books, the books that are meant to be stripped of me as a Christian, I'm, I'm now with written in those periods. I mean, well, what I would say... <laughs> but, but it's not that you desire for me to wither. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's not that you have a desire for me to wither, but there are moments in friendships, because our friendships are imperfect, naturally. Of course. There are going to be moments where one person offends another, where one person lets another person down, where one person steals one person's books. So, mm. in said situation where a book has been stolen, or <laughs> numerous books have been stolen um, <laughs> in across the years, um, <laughs> can we say that in those situations, it's still a good friendship? Um, moving swiftly out of the book, hypothetical situation, no. naturally. Hmm. Um, I think, like... Let's stick with the with the plant analogy. Like plants, trees, flowers, they go through seasons, yeah. and I think the seasons are very different to a perpetual um, structure and order. Um, it's one thing, right, to be in winter. Um, it's quite another thing um, to find yourself in the middle of the North Pole. You know, those are. This, two... man, is, this man is good. I think it on his feet. Extended Good. that metaphor. Winter, <laughs> winter. Hypothetical winter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so people make mistakes, and so we want to be gracious to them, naturally, of course. Move into autumn. <laughs> and, and be kind and just. Yeah, I, people, see, re, see, re, see reverse of the seasons. Yeah, I mean, like, like we are imperfect humans mm. living with imperfect humans, and so there's going to be a lot of imperfections mm. in our in our in our journey through life, and so we have to be able to navigate that uh, wisely and as bravely as possible with courage and boldness and, and lots and lots and lots of grace. Oh, grace, grace, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Rems, Rems, let me let me flip it to you. Go on, go on, go on. You t- so you show what you're going to say. I'm yeah. I would say in terms of friendship and, you know, what you want to sort of be mindful of is you don't necessarily want people around you who are psychophants. Now, I need to remind myself. Come again? Psychophants. All right. So I'm I'm really hoping that what I remember of this from A-level philosophy is going to be correct. Mm. But essentially... When you think of your Socrates and your Plato's, you know, they Naturally. were always Order. philosophizing <laughs> and, you know, they had their circles and so on. There's even an activity in schools now oh, called yeah. a Socratic circle. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And that. the psychophants were essentially 
those people in Greece who would just adhere to whatever was said. They would never criticize. Mm. They would never actually think through what was being said. It would literally just be a thing, oh, because Plato said it or because Socrates said it. This is... Out of curiosity, that's why the Socratic method was so important, right? Because obviously it questioned, it it was built on... Exactly, and it gave that opportunity for him to engage, Mm. you know, engage with the citizens of that time. And so what you don't want is a friend who's a psychophant. You don't want, you know, the person who you may give the title of best friend to be the person that never wounds you. Faithful are the wounds of of a friend, essentially. Yeah. You want mm. it to be some... <laughs> Why is she looking at you like that? Yeah, no, but you, you want... You, you, want a, you, <laughs> you want a friend wow. that can actually you know, faithfully wound you. Someone who is actually going to say, look, this is an area of improvement. Mm. Someone who has actually not necessarily looked for those areas of improvement so that they can, you know, ultimately destroy you, but actually because they know that God made you to be so much more and that ultimately as a friend, what my position is to be is that, you know, I have to help you to continue to believe, but also part of that believing means that, I recognize, you know, that you are imperfect, that there are flaws and so on. Mm. And so you, know you want mine? to ensure... Sorry, I was going to say, you know what's mine? I was just thinking about what you were saying and it's like, it's so true. Like you can have a building or a city that's fortified and mm. you can have someone who seeks to break down the walls, the fortification, just because, you know, they might be jealous of it or they have, you know, they just have issues. Like they just have... Yeah, or someone who or recognizes that, there's oh, there's asbestos or yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, there exactly. are all these and things and this needs... Come down exactly, it's weak. Exactly, in order for it to, to be furnished. Exactly. exactly, yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. metaphor. Yeah, and so... Yeah, I'm preaching that one day. <laughs> I mean, you have, to, you have to come back <laughs> after Israel's. Yeah, so you just want to ensure that, you know, in friendships, there is that space and that that element of trust has been you know, built up so that, you know, those things can be said freely and without any kind of, you know, fear of reprimand. Mm. So, because we can be so prideful. So, you know, none of us know our sins as we are. We need the Lord to be able to show us such. And, you know, the Lord uses our friends as being tools and vessels for our sanctification here in this world. Mm. Um, so that's something that's been impressed on my mind yeah. in recent times. You yeah. don't just want to be the friend that, you know, constantly... Like if you know a brother comes to me and he says that oh I haven't been reading my Bible I haven't been praying there's a time where I have to be like that's unacceptable you're someone that people look to come on to be reading yeah yeah, yeah exactly I yeah, can't yeah. always kind of you can't always handhold somebody exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes a true friend that yeah a true friend needs to give them truth truth at all costs this you know, is it. and 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 people because you'll have enough you will have enough people in the world who will be there to flatter you and actually yeah. those will be you know the yeah. different type of wound. Yeah, no. fatal in that sense. Yeah, I I, I hear that. Like, I, I, and I think just a just just on that note before we before I move on, like I guess where we're all meant to be reflecting, uh, reflecting God's glory, um, particularly, you know, you you kind of want people to be around you who are ultimately going to be showing you, you know, just 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 God and His glory in their lives. You know, uh, through yeah. reflecting His characteristics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you want to be surrounded by, you know, people who are essentially taking the light of Christ and, and reflecting it like a like a jewel. like and, and, and therefore, you kind of want those, you know, diamonds around you, you know, who mm-hmm. ultimately show you the beauty of Christ himself, you know, and point you back to the beam that, that supply, that's being supplied to them. Um, the beam of uh, the source of the beam of light that's being supplied to them. So you and I guess it's it's a shame when people just surround themselves by, you know, ultimately darkness, because then, you know. If you're not seeing Christ and His glory around around you in your life, then how will you know how to beautify yourself? And um, appreciating that, appreciating that there can be there can be good, there can be bad friendships. You know, do you want to guide, do you guys want to give me one kind of example or one kind of key characteristic of a of a good friend and a bad friend? Then a good friend and a bad friend, and I guess even more so, how do you respond to having bad friendships? You know, mm-hmm. what do, how do you respond to bad friendships? I think in terms of friendship, I think sacrifice, that willingness to sacrifice is a very, you know, key characteristic. Um, you think of a John 15, mm. you know, um, the fact that Christ, you know, is pleased to call us friends and to lay his life down for us. And I think that's, mm. you know, so we, we can't have a better model for friendships than that. 
And so it's always recognizing that as we've, you know, touched on that we are imperfect humans, mm. but nonetheless, thankfully, you know, especially in Christ, you know, the love that we've been showing, the bond of perfectness that we now have that connects us, it now means that we have, you know, there is such a standard to live up to. And essentially we want to be those who are able to, you know, love our friends, you know, as we love our own soul. I mean, obviously yeah, the yeah. Lord has made marriage to be that the lord has made marriage to be you know particularly intimate you know i think of like in ephesians 5 28 where you know it's saying that you know the husband ought to love the wives as himself that no man ever hated his own flesh and mm. even in the context of friendship you want it to be that actually to that same extent i can um be able to display that kind of love whereby this you know i'm preferring this person above myself i'm taking this person's burden mm. as being my own so sacrifice i think is an umbrella that you know um, allows a lot of other helpful characteristics to you know stand to stand underneath it mm. no, no i think i think that's beautiful just having a, a gospel entrenched friendship for sure one that ultimately just reflects it and i guess straight off the back of that i don't even want to give it to you but <laughs> selfishness then being the opposite of that is ultimately the one of those things that really does suck a friendship dry i i i, I obviously i don't mind you i don't i don't i didn't agree with this sermon mm. but i but i i went to um one uh one weekend away when i was at uni with with a particular pastor and the guy just started spent most of the time talking about parasitic friendships you know <laughs> parasitic friendships parasitic. i was just like i was just here like oh, be like <laughs> So, you know you have those parasites tick tick parasites. tick um, but but like like mm. obviously though i don't though i appreciate there was an element of truth i didn't agree the whole time but but there was an element of truth to the extent whereby you know friends friends that ultimately seek to take selfishly mm. from for selfish gain without seeking to give something to the friendship and by the way that doesn't necessarily mean this person is, I've heard people say all sorts of rubbish when it comes yeah. to when it comes to friendship. Or oh, can only have friends who are who are earned this much, or friends who are you know able to give me back money. Mm, but I'm not talking about that. Like I can give a friend money and never expect it back. What I'm talking about is if I give a, I can give. A, I don't mind sacrificing money for a friend who's ultimately gonna seek to encourage me or seek to make like encourage me to be more conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. Or, you know, who seeks to challenge me in areas with my sin. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. in, in that sense, the friend is giving um, time, energy, strength. But, yeah. And I think just touching on what you said about selfishness as well, I think, you know, we're talking about friendship. So, you know, we're talking about something that is plural. Um, and so even in your examples, we're looking at that kind of symbiotic relationship between two persons. But then I don't actually, think I've heard the word symbiotic outside of Spider-Man, you know. <laughs> Spider-Man. It did come up in Spider-Man, though, didn't it? I'm not. I'm not lying. Symbiotic. Uh, there've been so many Spider-Man movies, man. I'm just like, I know, which one? <laughs> How many remakes? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Go. Um, but it's like actually recognizing that what hinders us from being able to have that element of sacrifice in friendship is our own like personal selfishness. So it may not even necessarily be the fact that I decide to withhold from you, Richard, oh this amount of money and so on, and be selfish. It's just that if I'm even just sort of living a life whereby, you know, ultimately it always starts, you know, with a vertical relationship to God, doesn't it? Mm. So like if, you know, I'm being selfish and that sin is manifesting and materializing in my wife, um, in my life in various ways, that really is going to affect how much I'm able to actually love yeah. my neighbor. Yeah. Um, one of the, um, another, what's the word? characteristic mm. or in terms of like trying to what is what is element element yeah elements of of true friendship in the book of proverbs you find um it talks about friendship and one of the proverbs um that i think actually paints what a foolish or what a bad friend looks like and also what a feature of a good friend is in contrast is um proverbs 26 18 to 19 <clears throat> where it says as a man who casteth of Ooh, no, that's not right. Proverbs 25, 20. Harvard referencing. As he taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon nitrous, so is he that singeth songs to a heavy heart. Um, the whole idea or feature there in, in, in that proverb is 
um, just like someone who takes away your clothes when mm. you're walking through the cold is the same person who sings songs to a heavy heart. The picture there is one of emotional disconnection. I think so. It's basically painting a bad friend or one of the elements of poor friendship is emotional disconnection. Um, a complete disregard for appropriateness or sensitivity to someone's situation. Mm. Um, essentially saying, I don't have to engage in your emotional life. Um, I can continue to sing songs of joy even in your presence and even to your heavy heart, even though you're in this moment of wow. sadness. Um, and obviously what that means then for uh, good friendship and ideal friendship, the kind of friendship you should long for, um, is one of intimate emotional connection where you have someone who doesn't sing songs to the heavy heart but mourns with those who mourns but and rejoices with those who rejoices where there's a a, a um a synchronization just to give my own big s word mm. i see you <laughs> tell me the etymology so of sync hey hey don't stretch please, please. I have my limits. i'm so done <laughs> What is the limit? I'm so interested now. In the etymological. Yeah, of sync. I'm so yeah. sync. But, but before, we'll, we'll before, find before, out. Before we'll we find go out. on, I'm just going to ask <laughs> a very random, not random question, but a question really just off what you're saying. Would you then say that in Lion King, when Simba is ostracized and Timon and Pumbaa find him and they start singing Akuna Matata, they actually started singing that in a very foolish time and they should have been mourning with him. Oh, wow. You, <laughs> you never fail to catch me off guard. <laughs> wow. I really wasn't ready for that. I <laughs> You're not ready, innit? Wasn't he happy after that? It doesn't matter if he was happy. <laughs> he was happy. The question is, <laughs> did they synchronously... <laughs> In Mad that contest, they put the, they put they put they put the coat back on. They said, Man said, I'm upset. I've just been ostracized from my home. I've been exiled. Akuna Matata. What a wonderful day. One could argue, because I love Lion King, so I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight for one. And one could argue that um what you what you saw there was a communication of hope. <laughs> Israel is really trying to philosophize this in, in, in one. The, in the context I'll not be of a despair and hopelessness, what they were actually giving him was a, a rope of hope in which he could be drawn out. And eventually he was. So Good question was Timon and Pumba sinners. <laughs> I don't, I I don't know that a warthog can be a sinner. So let's just Whoa, so warthog is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not dig a hole for Israel. He'll deal with his theology in his own This time. is how we end up in some theology of animals or something. Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm just saying it. Let me let me just let me just finalize. Let's give a final question. Can a Christian have a best friend? We've kind of we've kind of dealt with like the Christian worldship uh, worldview of friendship. We've dealt with the idea, you know, of having good friends. There was a point where Remy spoke about friends, plural. You know, we we we've spoken about numerous things. You know, the 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 friend that doesn't sing to the heavy heart, we, the the friend mm. that is ultimately well, as the scripture says, the friend that is wise counsel, the friend that is ultimately sacrificial. You know that 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 gospel entrenched friendship. But what do you think about the idea of having a best friend? Do you think? Because I I appreciate one. Okay, let me ask it like this: Israel, do you think you can have a best friend? Remy, do you think? there can be problems with having a best friend and if so what 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 what, what would they be i think you can have a best friend i mean i get- sorry i just clocked remy smiled at me listen yeah i was remy's best man listen oh answer your question <laughs> answer, answer be thinking i'm letting this role go first you, oh, aren't, don't, you oh, think don't, you think yeah B, don't, don't worry you think. i love how richard joey just setting up the questions and giving the frames for discussion really trying to own this one aren't you <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the new mary shout out mary free mary free mary yeah <laughs> Free, free <laughs> um yeah i i think in my mind and i and i guess it depends on how you define best friend but i imagine that um generally speaking best friend is defined as someone who is at the closest level of proximity when it comes to friendship and so all that simply is acknowledging is that um in your network of friends there are people at different distances so you can have you know multiple friends and recognize actually there are one or two that are extremely close to me by means of um by way of their involvement in my life 
um, being there for me at particularly uh, key stages, the length of the friendship, just different factors that, that, that conclude it to you saying this is a best friend. And so those who you consider your friends is not to undermine that friendship, but it's the same to say that obviously when I, con- when I contrast it with my best friend, I recognize um, areas that they haven't covered. Um, and that can be, again, a, a myriad of things, but it's, it's more so just the concentric circles, right? I was literally just about to say concentric circles, like literally, and the, and the, and the level of overlap is ultimately, um, and uh, meaning the the number of things that you discuss, the the amount of involvement they have within your life, that might be indicative of ultimately how close or, or, or they are as a friend, or whether they are actually your best friend in that regard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. Um, so I think defining along those lines, which I want to imagine, is how as a as a public body generally across our culture we define it best friends i think is a um useful explain explain i'm just overcomplicating what we've just said yes (laughs) man said it's a useful explanatory word ultimately for for the nature of a particular friendship um remy appreciating that best friend then can be a useful explanatory word for the nature Mm. of a particular friendship can there be issues with having a best friend? Can a can the relationship with a best friend be toxic, or can the title in and of itself be a difficult, you know, um, be detrimental generally to other friendships potentially? Or do you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? I understand. So, yes. Um, what potential I've, pitfalls? Yeah, I think there are definitely pitfalls to be wary of when it comes to best friends, and hmm. I really try to think of you know like three three neat points all beginning with the word e and so on but it just dead letter. E. <laughs> Sorry. i know it's a good letter because god made it but, but yo listen but it hasn't happened but anyway letter. at least the first one begins with an e and i think where you have the title of best friend comes expectation and mm. uh you know going back to israel's former point is that friendships are going to go through different seasons and the expectation that may have been met at one particular stage may not be met at another stage and Mm. so the issue with that is that you've sort of because you've given this title of best friend so you have this level of expectation so when that is not meant when that's not met rather that almost signals like danger signs it almost signals Mm. and that can just lead to like a plethora of thoughts um you know uh, you know sort of making things up that haven't actually happened and so on like hypothetical situations yeah um which can definitely be detrimental to the friendship and the state of affairs may not necessarily be as bad as you're imagining them to be so that's one i also think as well is exclusivity oh see that second e exclusivity <laughs> Brother, are you preaching i might get the exclusive <laughs> exclusivity so actually because you're given that title of best friend so that particular best friend is a person that is entitled to your counsel or they're entitled to that particular effort but whilst we know that our Lord, you know, he did have his disciples and so forth, but actually that love was to be demonstrated unto all men. And so there needs to be a willingness, you know, if I'm going to say, okay, so-and-so is my best friend, and I do say so-and-so, mm. so-and-so is my best friend. Um, but it doesn't mean that the effort that I'm going to put on, put in with that person is not what I wouldn't be willing to do for someone else for someone else yeah, yeah, exactly so really you. you know i would want that best friend title to actually you know be a way of encouraging me to actually esteem friendships as opposed to just sort of giving somebody this so, exclusive okay. so rather than so rather than making it exclusive for one person you kind of wanted to act as a paradigm for paradigm how you, there how we you go your other friendship something that science teacher would say you know I'm not a science teacher. Why are you stealing my thunder? I'm so done. You know I'm not a science teacher. Mathematician, <laughs> B. But yeah, go on. But yeah, um, paradigm. Right. So number three. Oh, have I got that last E? Mm. Oh, believe in you, believe in you. Expectation, exclusivity. I'm Ego. To... Oh, I was ready to throw out a random word. I was oh, 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 oh. wait for me. Wait oh, for okay. me. Wow. Ego. Um, I guess just sort of flipping my last point is that 
best friend. So it's like it's almost an inflation can come a, come along with like the acts and such that you do mm. for this particular person. So it's like, I'm oh, because yeah, because I'm a best friend. Like I do this, I go like you know over and so on. And we just have to be really reckoning with the reality <laughs> that the heart is desperately de- and wicked yeah. and deceitful above all things. You, can know, you it. know, and there you go. Yeah. Um, and so just that sort of over inflation of our goodness and so on even where you know men may praise us but we always have to remember that we're to have a single eye towards god in doing such and so mm. let it not be because man you know i say we know that you know um the fear of man is a snare mm. and so you know holding men's opinions in such esteem even in that kind of relationship which is a good yeah, thing yeah, can yeah. actually you know be to your detriment so i'm the best so, friend i need to do I, I i deserve this so this so is let, it so let's see if, let's see if we remember those three e's let's let's yeah, see if, let's yeah. see as us listeners have I've learned. So the first E was expectation. Second E was um, exclusivity. Third E was ego. Hey, E E E. Listen, and I and I think it's mm. I think it's I think it's quite useful because exclusivity obviously speaks to kind of ring fencing yourself. Yeah. Um, ex exclusive. Well, exclusivity speaks to ring fencing yourself. Ego speaks to the kind of to the to the issues that can potentially arise within the best friend. Um, and expectations can also speak to the kind of issues that almost r- arise within yourself yeah. because it's the kind of expectations that you place or project onto somebody else. So it speaks to the external and the internal, the external Loving being your friends, and then the external, the ex- then the then the then the greater external, the wider circle being others outside of your fr- that are actually affected outside of your friendship. Um, and and I think it's just it's a beautiful, it's actually a beautiful set of e's. I might actually preach those as well. I'm just letting you know now. I could, I could publicly <laughs> Remy trademark it right now before he stays. Trademark everything, everything that you say on Bl- Blackberry will <laughs> is, is, is um it belongs to Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine damn things there. But no, no, guys, I absolutely love this. I think um I think it was I think it was good. Uh, a wonderful set of topics to kind of speak through. No, Anger, sure. uh, the angry Christian, and you know, and the and the toxic friend. Um, <laughs> is that really what we're going to characterize our part as toxic friends <laughs> toxic <laughs> friendships and angry christians raw man hey like i i love it 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 um but no yeah you guys thank you very much for for joining me on this podcast uh, uh, thank you for having me yeah yeah i'll thanks, be back thanks friends yes you will be back you know the ones you try to enforce we have to, we have to put it through interview after oh, we, have interview. To, we have to analyze but um, <laughs> thanks guys thank you for listening hopefully you can catch us again I'm Richard I'm Israel I'm Remy and this is Black Burrito peace